Well, welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. This is your host, Libertarian Tony. Nice to have you all back again listening to the show. Anyway, so I talked to Joey after the last podcast I did, and you know what he had the balls to say? He told me I sounded tired. So I can't believe that. I mean, the other co-host who only comes on like once a month because he works too much and he needs his beauty sleep he told me I sounded tired. I can't believe that. So anyway, I, I'm hoping I don't sound tired tonight. And uh, actually, to be honest, I am kind of tired and I'm sick and I took some cough medicine. So not sure how this is going to turn out. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And I'm sure he'll give me a horrible review tomorrow. On I'll, uh, I'll ask him, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to get Joey on to comment about the... I guess the whole Trump, Ukraine, Biden impeachment issue, and so that might be a decent-sized show. So, but today we're going to talk about foreign policy and uh, what we're doing in the Middle East. Okay, so let's get right into it. So, about a year ago, Trump said he wanted to pull the troops out of Afghanistan and Syria. And then, of course, the Washington Beltway people and the warmonger politicians went absolutely nuts, and then he backed down completely. But this is really only a very small part of the story. You really have to take everything into context that's been going on in the Middle East for about the past 20 years. So after 9-11, the military was given the go-ahead by the U.S. government right, to track down al-Qaeda and kill them wherever they are. Okay. So this was supposed to be a mission to go after Osama bin Laden and his acolytes. So maybe, you know, 500 or 1,000 people. And this is how we started the war in Afghanistan 19 years ago. And we're still there, by the way. But then it kind of morphed into other atrocities all over the Middle East, such as Libya, Iraq, Syria, and Yemen. I mean, the first to get knocked down after you know, the Afghanistan war started was Iraq, right? So some sort of plan was devised under uh, the CIA and George Bush administration to invade Iraq and take out Saddam Hussein because he had all these weapons of mass destruction and he was helping al-Qaeda and yada yada bullshit. I mean, this was all proven to be lies. I mean, your government lied to you to get us to invade Iraq and take out Saddam Hussein. Well, anyway, a few years uh, of the Iraq War Number 2 went by, and Iraq is completely decimated by us, and Iraq being more friendly with Saudi Arabia as opposed to Iran, this ended up shifting the power in the Middle East to being more in favor of Iran. So towards the end of the Bush administration, we have this, this great redirection, where the focus now became how do we weaken Iran and make Saudi Arabia and Israel happy again? So again, I have to bring up, why are we friends, or why are we so friendly with Saudi Arabia? Why are they considered an ally? I mean, we have nothing in common with these people. They don't have free speech, women have no rights, and gays are killed. I mean, literally put to death by the government. I mean, the only reason the U.S. maintains strong relations is, you know, and some sort of alliance with them is that Saudi Arabia provides a lot of oil to the world. They promise to keep the oil transactions in U.S. dollars, 
which keeps our dollar strong relative to other currencies, and they buy a lot of weapons from United States arms companies. And that's it. I mean, it's basically about money and keeping those people in power and rich who benefit from this relationship. Otherwise, there's, there's no reason for us to be friendly with a country like Saudi Arabia. And remember, I think 15 of the hijackers in 9-11 happened to be Saudi. Okay, so back to the narrative. Um, no one really wanted to directly get into war with Iran, right? So a new plan was hatched that Assad in Syria, who is friendly with Iran, is a bad guy. He's an evil dictator and he must go. Remember all that under the Obama administration? So this redirection of foreign policy in the Middle East carries from Bush into the Obama admin, where through the CIA, Obama armed radical Islamists in eastern Syria so that they could attack the Syrian army and weaken Assad. Now, I'm not making this up. It was called Operation Timber Sycamore, and it's all over the internet. This radical Islamist group got so powerful that they ended up taking control not only of a good part of Syria, but the entire region of western Iraq. This was the Islamic State, what was called ISIL or ISIS. So let's not understate this. Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Brennan, with the help of the rest of the evil people in the CIA, they armed terrorists, radical Islamists in eastern Syria, who then went on to fight our troops in western Iraq, and they fought against the Kurds and against Assad all at the same time. I mean, this, this is how powerful they got with our CIA help. And then you get Iraq War III, where Obama now has to build up the Iraq military, send in more troops to Iraq, and arm the Kurds in order to help push back ISIS, which he helped to create. So, Tony, come on, let's be serious. Are you trying to tell me that at one point we had the CIA giving money and guns to ISIS, who are fighting against our troops in the Middle East under the Department of Defense? Yep, that's what I'm saying. We had two government agencies essentially fighting against one another. And how do you explain that to the family members of the troops that died for their country? I mean, good luck with that one. So anyway, at the same time, as Assad is dodging bombs from the United States, he was asking Iran and Russia for help with ISIS on the Eastern Front. That almost catches us up to kind of more recent times where ISIS is basically obliterated. The Kurds have gotten a lot of U.S. support with money and weapons fighting in northeastern Syria against ISIS, and Assad is back in control of his country and trying to rebuild. Okay, so now Trump wants to pull the troops out of Syria, he says. Well, maybe. It looks like he's actually trying to pull the troops out of northeast Syria, which is on the border with Turkey, and it looks like he's not pulling the troops out completely, but maybe down to a base in southeastern Syria. So this northeastern Syrian region is Kurdish territory, and the Kurds have been at war and conflict with Turkey for a long time, and they've been occupying this region for a while. So they obviously don't like each other, right? The Kurds and Turkey, and the Kurds have been used by the U.S. in the past with the CIA to kind of wage some degree of war against ISIS. So what the U.S. should have done, instead of just kind of, I guess, pulling the troops out, they should have said to the Kurds that 
We're going to pull out soon. You should kind of go and make peace with Assad and form some sort of an agreement or deal where the Syrian army can guarantee your safety and protection in this like northeastern part of Syria on the Turkish border and so that Turkey doesn't just come in and overrun you. And it kind of makes sense because uh, the Kurds never fought against Assad or the Syrian army and they were both fighting against ISIS. So a deal between the Kurds and Assad would make some sort of sense. But this won't sit right with the warmongers and the anti-Iran politicians in Washington because it will make Assad and Iran look stronger. And the politicians, you know, paid off by the Saudi lobbying firms can't have that. So Trump is in this really difficult and weird spot. You know, although he wants to pull troops out of these Middle Eastern conflicts, the rest of Washington, D.C. goes nuts when he talks about it. And then Trump even in the past, has kind of his back down like he did a year ago. And then just recently, he kind of he warned Turkey that if they go into gung-ho, that he's going to put economic sanctions on their country. Isn't that a little weird? So Trump doesn't even seem to be so sure of himself about what to do in this messed up situation. He says he wants to bring the troops home, but somehow wants Turkey to leave the Kurdish troops and people alone while at the same time trying to be friendly towards Turkey, who has been a NATO member since 1952. So, which is it? I mean, all sides can't really be appeased here. I think still the best case scenario, I think, would have been Trump and or some sort of like neutral party trying to work out a deal between Turkey, the Kurds, and Syria, where Syria is kind of using their forces and controlling this border territory and the Kurds staying put and promising not to attack Turkey anymore, and then Turkey just leaving the Kurds alone. Uh, maybe that's a little pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking at this point. But this doesn't look like it's going to happen anyway, because Turkey is already bombing this region. So now what? I mean, if they bomb too much, is Trump going to you know go through with his economic sanctions? I mean, are we going to send troops back in to try to keep the peace? I guess it's true that we basically are kind of abandoning or leaving the Kurds to their own uh, future at this point, but the United States has to get out of the Middle East at some point, right? I mean, as you can see, over the past 20 years, we aren't making anything better. We're only making things worse and causing a lot of innocent deaths in the process. And your neocon politicians and politicians taking money from Saudi Arabia and Washington, D.C., don't ever want us to leave the Middle East at all. And that has become much more obvious now that both sides of the political aisle are giving Trump a really hard time about this. Another comment that some of the politicians are making is that this will ensure the rise of ISIS again, and ISIS is going to come back. I mean, is that true? Well, I mean, not exactly. I mean, ISIS is basically destroyed and or like in hiding at the moment, right? The Kurds, however, on the other hand, do have ISIS prisoners under their watch. I mean, could they release those ISIS prisoners if America completely abandoned them? Well, yes. And then ISIS, you know, in the region could potentially resurge a little bit, but could it ever become as strong as it was a few years ago? Well, nobody really knows, but I have a hard time believing it as Assad has really done I guess, a good job in significantly weakening them and destroying ISIS. And the Kurds have fought against ISIS 
and put them in prison and they were just killing them like yesterday. So why would they turn around and release them right away? So this kind of blends into the whole political uproar about pulling our troops out. One way or another, the politicians and pundits who want to keep our troops in the Middle East forever will always come up with an excuse of why we can't leave. They'll say, we can't do it right now, but maybe in a few years. Or they'll say, well, we could pull out of this region when it's more stable, or we could pull out when Iran is a little bit weaker. It seems like they'll always come up with a reason why we have to stay there forever. The United States has completely destroyed this region and caused so many more problems with millions of people killed and displaced than otherwise would have happened without our interference. Most people would say that we were justified in going after Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan. Well, that's fine. But Iraq and Saddam Hussein didn't have to happen. Libya and Muammar Gaddafi didn't have to happen. Assad and Syria didn't have to happen. And ISIS didn't have to be created and supported by our government. Our constant intervention into all these countries and regions and all these, these groups over there is just making things worse. So does anyone really think that if we stay there longer, we can actually make things better? I mean, it's never going to happen. This is insane. Our troops don't want to be there anymore. Have you seen the suicide rate amongst our veterans? I mean, it's at astronomical levels. The, the troops' hearts is not into this. This is not what they're designed to do. Our troops are designed to go in, kick ass, and leave. Not try to make peace between all these other warring factions that we helped create. So, I mean, who knows at this point what's going to happen. Will Trump back down into the political uproar? Well, maybe. I guess we have to wait to find out. Trump isn't really pulling the troops out of the Syria region entirely anyway. I mean, he's just moving them from northern Syria to southern Syria. I mean, I guess that's something. But what he really should do is completely pull out of Syria, pull out of Iraq, pull out of Afghanistan, and stop supporting Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen. I mean, the timing of, of this would be politically perfect, in my opinion. I mean, he could say that he fulfilled campaign promises of getting, getting us out of all these endless wars, as well as gain the support of tons of troops and military families. I mean, if you look at the polls, most of the polls are tipped in favor of ending these wars anyway. So for the most part, this is a winning political strategy, as well as, a, I mean, a, it's a moral victory of some sorts, by ending all the, this trouble that we've caused in the first place. If Trump wanted to get us out of all these wars, he probably has the backbone to do it, right? If anybody could do it, I would say Trump could. He probably could go down as one of the best U.S. presidents in U.S. history by doing so. I mean, Trump is constantly praising our military anyway, right? Isn't he always talking about how great the troops are? and talking about the tremendous job that they do overseas and around the world, well then, why doesn't he show his support for them by bringing them home, getting them out of harm's way, and ending all these endless wars? That's exactly how he can phrase it, too. He can say that he loves our troops, and he knows our country loves the troops, and in order to keep them safe and show that we cherish them, we're going to bring them home so they don't have to die needlessly. I mean, that's a great campaign promise for re-election right there, if nothing else. And this sort of action totally fits with his America First policy, his America First campaign. I mean, this is perfect. 
he could say he's, you know, putting the American troops first, and that our troops are worth more than all these warring factions and tribes across the Middle East. I mean, he can say whatever he wants, whether it's true or not, or whether he acknowledges that we caused all these problems to begin with, but that's a separate issue. I think if he really wanted to use this as a political win, it would be so easy for him to do. But, again, he has to have the backbone to do it and stick it through to the end against all the Washington Beltway uproar against it. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. Thank you.